G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today buddy? You I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm pretty flat. I'm pretty flat. <laughs> Fantasy's really getting me down this season. Mate, I'm I'm struggling through this year. I think, uh, oddly enough, there's a lot of experts out there. I'd say air quotes experts out there. A lot, a lot of podcasters out there like us who are uh, really struggling this year, especially in salary cap. A lot of the old ways of thinking are really being thrown out the window uh, at the moment. Don't, don't even talk to me about salary cap right now. <laughs> no matter what I do, every fucking week I make the wrong call. I'm just sliding further and further down ranks. I'm further just... and further away from making finals. In my main leagues, my redraft teams turned to complete shit. (laughs) Scraped across the line in my main keepers this week. I thought I would be the most bitter one in this week's podcast, but somehow you're managing to be even more bitter than me because I finished... What what did I get in salary cap this week? I got 14.09 this week. You beat me in salary cap, technically. I don't even know. 14.39 is what you had. That's how bad we're doing here on the podcast, so... Take all of our advice with a grain of salt out there, guys That's and girls. What, every week I'm like, you know what, this is the week I'm going to move up the rankings. Every friggin' week I slide backwards further and further. Alright, well, let, let's dive into some of the scores <laughs> yeah. from the weekend. Because there's a lot to get through, and there's been a lot of injuries, and it looks like this week there might be even more rookie carnage for us out there. Because yeah. there were some big underperformances. Oh so, yeah, there's a few guys who are definitely on the chopping block. <laughs> I mean, on the on the plus side, at least there were a lot of rookies that debuted last week, there and were. most of them seem to do pretty well. So should hold Ex- except the ones that I picked. You know, well, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that as we go through the game. So the first game of the round was Geelong versus Brisbane. Geelong got up in what was a very solid performance. I mean, realistically, Brisbane didn't really look like they were in it for most of this game. No. Um, and look, highest scorer or tied highest scorer for the match, I should say, Sam Simpson. I, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's <laughs> that pretty much epitomizes the year for me, doesn't it? I don't know what to say to that. Um, awesome game, awesome game. Um, I think he definitely benefited from the injuries yeah, very early on, particularly Mitch Duncan. Yeah, because he, I think he played that wing role for the, pretty much the rest of the game, didn't yeah, he? He did. Look, I, I would uh, be <clears throat> very, very wary of bringing him in because Jack Stephen, the coach, said that he should be back this week. Yes. And but... don't get don't get me wrong, he will keep his spot in the side. <coughs> yeah. However, Sam Minagola is pretty safe on one of those wings and yep. Mitch Duncan is pretty safe on the other. He was basically taking up a lot of Mitch Duncan's time right through the middle. He only attended yep. one centre bounce, so he wasn't in the clinches. I 100% agree with all of that, but... He's still cheap. He's got a ridiculously low break-even. Yes. So if you're playing the break-even game, I don't mind bringing him in because assuming he holds his spot, which he has to... Oh, well, no, no, no. This is this is my issue. Mm-hmm. He might hold his spot for one to two more weeks tops and then he's out. That it, is my worry that dude, he will be if you're like out. me and your midfield bench is guys that's not playing right now, I'll take <laughs> one or two weeks. Well, we've got a few different rookie options to go uh, through and with, we'll, we'll get to some With of that break-even, I think... Salary cap, yeah, bring him in. I agree, he may only hold his spot for one or two weeks. Um, the question of whether Duncan's fit to play this week or not is going to be a, a major yes. impact on him. Big but, wait and see. Yeah, but I think I'm comfortable bringing him in for a week or two, but my expectations are very much tempered and they're, they're not they're not high, but it's a moneymaker mm-hmm. for a, a Tyler Brown or a McInerney or someone like that. Yeah, and 
like like we said, there were a couple of injuries in this match. Mitch Duncan for draft owners on an eleven that just hurts, and we we actually offered him up as a potential option in salary cap as well because he had been just so consistent. One of those point of differences. I I don't think any of our point of difference options actually did anything except for Lions from no. last week. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> looking at the list now. And Even Lions was only okay. He was he was solid without being absolutely amazing. Where did he get an eighty eight? I mean that's that's pretty good. I'm but. very happy with it. look. Considering the rest of the scores of the guys on that list, <laughs> I'm overjoyed with that 88 from Lions. Um, what are the odds of us putting forward six guys and five of them failing? Yeah, I, and five of those, all five of those guys who did fail ha- had an amazing start to the year as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Anywho. some of the other guys for uh, for the Cats, Paddy Dangerfield put together his first good game in a while. His first mm. very good game in a while, I should say. And then a lot of draft guys like Menegola, Hawkins, Joel Selwood put on really, really good performances. It was just an overall great fantasy uh, dominance, really, from uh, from the Cats. Uh, was there anyone else that you really picked up on? Uh, Parthit, maybe. I mean, he was a bit of a buzz guy a few weeks ago as a forward option in salary. Still, still a very good option. Look, that was a... a- Poorer game, but a 64 is not the worst for score me, for me. Though this it's year. kind of telling that even with those with Duncan and with Narkel out injured very early, he still didn't really dominate. And from the bit of the game I saw, he still seemed to be spending a lot of time up forward. Yeah, I I have the odd feeling that Parfit's probably going to pl- score along the similar lines to like a Jai Simkin, mm. who did incredibly well this week. Had been a little bit on a lower ebb the past few weeks. But, you know, Puffett's still averaging 82. Um, he What did he have? So, before this game, just gone, he'd have a 79, an 88, and a 94. So, yeah, I, look, I wouldn't be still advoca- a top-end I wouldn't guy. be advocating moving him on, but I wouldn't be going out of my way to pick him up at the moment I'm either. St- I'm still very interested in Puffett. I would be okay. At 652, 100% okay with bringing in Puffett myself. Um, I think that was all from the Cats. So, let's move on to the Brisbane side of the ledger. We know what we're getting every week from Lockie Neal, and yep. hopefully, fingers crossed, you all took his VC score from the weekend in salary cap leagues. I think that's the one correct call I made this week. <laughs> well, that was the only thing keeping us above 1,400, I think, if we'd gone the uh, Grundy path. Yep. Um, Jared Lyons with an 88, like we said, very solid. And Barry's been very good the past three weeks. He's had, still, Yeah, he's been good since he came back from, I think he was injured for a week or so. Still just a draft guy. Still just Agreed. A, not not looking at him in salary cap. There's just not the consistency over you know a few months that I would like to see there. Agreed. Um, loved Rainer's game. Not so much from a, a, a fantasy perspective, but from a pure footy perspective. One of the better games I've seen him play recently. It also gave a little grain of hope to keeper owners out there who took him quite early when he was drafted at number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed. I, I liked what I saw from him, um, and it really falls away. It a really lot. did. McCluggage was one of the guys we really uh, sort of propped up as someone that you could look to bring in as a, a cheaper premium option. He, oddly enough, eked his way to a sixty-four, which is about just above an eighty in the old pre-Corona days. That's impressive considering he. He spent a fair bit of time off with that shoulder that got hit quite yeah, hard. I, I think that in the last quarter, he ended up putting together about 35-odd points. So he really Jesus. salvaged a half-decent score. It is. Um, yeah, very interested to see if he, if he's fit enough to play this week mm. because he looked quite hampered And then just times. nothing else really on show from the uh, from the Brisbane point of view. Like The next best score after that was Grant Betcher with 47 and all downhill from there. <laughs> Um, you got to reckon that Starsevich is probably on his last legs at the moment. He's, he outperformed some of the other guys. I'm 
if if obviously uh, he's starting to get towards reaching his break even, you need to look at starting to maybe find a defensive rookie to bring in for him. But if he's still playing, there's other priorities. Yeah, his break even at this stage is forty six. So, mm, so if you've got him as a cash cow, you've got to move him on at the moment. Mm. Or as unless someone's not playing. Like if someone's oh, not playing, that's that's the priority. Sure, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, um, that goes without saying. Assuming so, if you've got the luxury of playing. You've got enough playing guys on the field anyway. Yeah. I would get rid of Stasovic over a non-playing person because Ooh, okay. it, a non-playing rookie who's not going to lose cash. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. But I would be surprised if anyone's in the, the position of having that luxury. <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> it's, I know I'm definitely not. All right, let's move on to the second game of the round, which was Collingwood versus Hawthorne. Again, one-sided. Hawthorne never were in with a chance. And again, some very good fantasy scores from uh, from Collingwood. Trelaw, Adams have been very good this year. Um, Adams starting to buck that Trelaw trend a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're both doing well at the same time. We'll see. Um, Darcy Moore with an 80. Um, and, uh, and you know, Maynard uh, so was very good again. Is Dar- has Darcy Moore taken that Howe intercept role? Maybe, but he wasn't particularly good last week from memory. Um, and, mm. you know, Howe was out again last week. I just think this was one out of the box. I'm not going out of my way to pick him up in drafts, but uh, he is on my watch list to keep an eye on. Yep. Um, I think he's... I haven't actually checked his exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's fairly low ownership in most draft leagues. Mm-hmm. So uh, he is on the watch list for yep. me. The big talking point, obviously, everyone wants to touch on it, is Brody Grundy with that 53. Mm. That sucks for people who went, you know, I reckon that Brody Grundy will outscore Neil's 98. Um, obviously, you're looking at at least 40... What is that? 46 less points. And, and yeah, that would have hurt your scores. It's not the end of the world. I've heard some people saying trade Brody Grundy out so that you can get that extra cash and then trade him back in after his price has bottomed out. I think that's just silly. I think that's a massive luxury I, I at don't the even, moment. I don't even think it's necessary. Honestly, you're going to run into trouble when he scores 130, meets his break-even next week, which is very likely knowing Brody Grundy, and uh, ends up actually going up in price or middling out, and you're having to try and find the cash to bring him back in. Yeah, I, I think even if you think it is a good move, I would be really surprised if you don't have bigger issues to solve in the team this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, people are looking for cash wherever they can find it, but this isn't the place you should be looking. If you own Brody Grundy, hold him. And if you didn't have Brody Grundy, well, you're one of the lucky few because he will be hopefully a little bit cheaper for you in the next few weeks' time. Yes. A um, couple of young guys coming in for this game. Isaac Quaynor and R2... Oh, I should have practiced this beforehand. I'm not even going to try and say it. The um, the other, the, the debutante, <laughs> uh, Boson Velagi. That's a pretty good, pretty good effort. I that, think. That, I mean, that's that's as close as I'm going to get. So, uh, both solid. Quainer looked like he had a lot of good uh, good attributes. He he moved very well. He got to the right spots. Um, it seemed like he stole some of the ball off some of the other backline guys at times. Maynard really made a late charge to get to that solid score. He was doing mm. terribly for the first half, and Quainer actually looked like he was playing that similar role, that offensive role in defense. So, uh, look, I don't think that's anything long-term, but just for keeper league owners, interesting one to keep an eye on if he's unowned in your leagues. Yes, agreed. Um, we'll move over to the, uh, to the uh, Hawks. 
uh, <laughs> James Sicily. I, I love the roller coaster that is James Sicily, isn't it? It's yeah. Last week, a horrible score. This week, almost best on ground with 114. <laughs> 14 marks is impressive. Just dominant. Um, I mean, the roller coaster is why I never go after him and never no. pick him up. But, geez, when you're on the highs. They're pretty amazing highs. Yeah, it's incredible. But next week, he's more than likely to get a 45 or something like that. So and I, I think it, game script in this one as well played a large part in this yeah. with them continually under the pump and continually under attack from uh, the Pies. A lot of opportunity for intercept marking there. So, And, and the Pies don't play a particularly tall forward line. So it, it, I think game script helps this a lot. Agreed. Uh, Tommy Mitchell, good to see a very solid score from him with 102. Outstanding. It was his first 100 of the year. Um, hopefully he can keep that going because he needs to stay in my side as long as humanly possible, <laughs> given all the other trades I need to make. Look, there was a lot of draft guys in here that performed adequately, but the big one I want to talk about all the way near the bottom is Chad Wingard. And that just mm. bloody hurts. I mean, 42. Come on, mate. You were going on a tear. And I'm blaming this once again on um, uh, Alistair Clarkson. You do love blaming coaches. I, I do love blaming coaches because... The guy wasn't touching the ball. <coughs> he just couldn't get near it. Your well, it team, wasn't going to their forward. No, exactly. His team wasn't getting it forward. Maybe get one of your stars who is incredibly capable in the midfield into the bloody midfield for yeah, a few he rotations. Had, what, one centre bounce attendance, I think. It, I mean, honestly, it's. I, I understand coaching is a very difficult job that requires years of experience and nous, but some of these things just seem very, very simple. Like put Chad Wingard in for a few centre bounces. Move him, move the magnets around a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, another rookie, Will Day. Will Day looked really good. Keeper mm. leagues, keep a close eye on this guy. I was, yeah. you know, I was big on him preseason. I do. And he just knows where to get to. He reminds me a lot of Grant Birchall. He knows the right spots to be in to pick up those plus sixes, and he will be very fantasy relevant in years to years to come. He plays very well off both sides of his body as well, so players will want to get the ball into his hands. Yeah, the only risk is he's a, he's a stick insect, so he if is, anyone he's... runs past him too quickly, he's probably going to snap. If there's a light breeze, he might blow off the ground. So, But yeah, it looked really good. <laughs> um, I think we might move on to the next game of the round, unless there's anyone else from Hawthorne that caught your eye. Um, the only one I was looking at was Isaac Smith because he's had a couple of good games. He's had a couple of bad games. I was just checking his ownership. He's only 92% owned in Ultimate Footy Leagues. So there's there's a few leagues out there where you could go and grab him. I imagine, look, I imagine there were a lot of those leagues would be there, you know, five midfielders or four midfielders, one ruck, three forwards, three defenders, you know, that really, really small team size. Um, surely in any draft league of you know a significant team size he will be owned by every single coach so if he's not absolutely go and grab him why not he's a very good player um okay Fremantle versus St Kilda what a comeback <laughs> I don't even know how to explain that good what a comeback that still somehow crushed my soul from a fantasy perspective <laughs> I'm going to assume that because you're a big Fremantle fan I am yes that it crushed your soul because of the main man Andy Brayshaw and he was everywhere. He was everywhere. And once again, I'm putting it down to the coach. Nat Fife goes down with an injury two weeks ago. So Andy Brayshaw. And this is obviously the week after both of us have traded him out. Yeah. Uh, because he was just doing absolutely nothing, playing in the forward line and getting zero game time. Yeah. 
play is forced to play in the midfield due to Fife's injury, blitzes it, and the coach realizes, huh, maybe we well, should uh, play him in the apparently midfield. Apparently, he had been nursing a, a tight calf. Well, apparently, you should but maybe that, release that information to the public. That would be nice. I mean, there'd been some snippets of it, but even so. I don't remember seeing any snippets of a tight calf, otherwise, I wouldn't have picked him in my side. But no, it wasn't preseason. It was oh. it was when we had the restart and he had those first few poor scores. There was a the story going around that it was because he had t- some tight calves okay. or a quad or something. It was pretty bad in the first round as well, from memory. Yeah, I, I don't know but what I the digress. excuse was for that one. Um, look, Andy Brayshaw, outstanding. If you traded him out of your side, you can't really bring him back in now. Unfortunately, mm. I don't. I don't think he'll be a top six forward. But then again, you know, we had Chad Wingard in our list of top six forwards last week, and yeah. he's blitzing so, Wingard at the moment. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, n- fucking hell. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's just I a salty podcast this week. It this really is. It's a salty-ass podcast. Um, if, no, look, I think that if he does retain the role he's got right now, he definitely comes into the top six mm. and kicks Wingard or somebody out. Yeah. Um, the question is whether he'll retain that role. Um, I think considering how good Fife looked playing as a key forward for them. Did they do that mostly though because he was still recovering from a hammy and they I don't think want to test it? combination of that and game script with Darcy going down early so Lob had to play in the ruck mm-hmm. plus Lob um, rolled his ankle and was a little bit hampered as well. They mm-hmm. didn't really have too many other forward, tall forward options. Yep. Um, so they played Fife up there. So that I think definitely impacted on it. He looked good playing the role as well so I can see them persisting with it for at least a couple, another week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayden Young went down with an injury very, very early with that ankle. Have you heard? Have we heard the uh, severity of that just yet? I don't um, think it's been released. The uh, the commentators are pretty convinced that it was syndesmosis. <laughs> the commentators are amazing sometimes when they start to diagnose. <laughs> well, I was so you know well I was watching this game with a couple of mates and um, we did make the comment that. As soon as any lower leg injury occurs at the moment, it's automatically a syndesmosis. Syndesmosis. <laughs> but this one actually looked like it might have been. So um, it did look like his ankle was trapped under him and twisted. So yeah. I would suspect he's probably out for a while. He's made a little bit of cash. It's 353-odd K. So obviously, if he's out for a while, we have to trade him. Yeah, move him on. Um, but- Guess who brought him in this week? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> did you bring Hayden Young in this week? I did, yes. Oh, Jesus, I understand why you're so bitter. That's yeah. fair enough. I was man. like, he's the perfect stepping stone. He's still got a negative break even. He's got money to make. His job security's perfect. He had a negative 40 break even or something, or 23 or something like that. Um, On the plus side, at least he still made money of he, two. He did. <laughs> oh, mate. I can't believe we've had three of those already. We've had Raul, we've had. Uh, Hayden Young plus Bailey Smith as well who was on almost a negative break even on yep. in the high 20s and he ended up going out on zero as well yes um, and the only other guy I really want to talk about from Frio was Sorong mm. uh, he had the Brayshaw low time on ground um, happening <laughs> but when he got it he looked really really good so keeper owners out there would be overjoyed with that they would be um, just a quick word on uh, Blake Akers coming back <clears throat> into the game as well. Looked solid. Um, we'll need a bit of time to get back into it, you would think. Yeah. so. He, he looked solid, had a few touches early, drifted out in and out of the game a little just bit. Just keep an eye on his availability on waiver lists for draft owners because he could be very interesting. Um, St Kilda. Uh, this was just a chamozzle <clears throat> on their side and not too many out-of-the-box fantasy players either. Jack Steele was solid again, as was Billings. 
Membry did that thing where every once in a while he has a very good game in yeah. between his three weeks of awful, awful fantasy when games. he has a good game, he has a, a good game. Mm. Um, so, yeah, beat up a little bit on, on Frio yep. when the ball was actually getting to him. One of the boys we really spruiked last week was Nick Caulfield, um, who crashed back down to Worth with a 45 this week. Yep. Uh, look, that's not great. Um, honestly, I think it was just a, a resonant of... St Kilda's performance as a whole, there were a lot of poor performances on from fantasy from St Kilda it, players. It really did look like they thought their job was done halfway through the first quarter, and they couldn't get back into the the mental headspace to match it with Freo when they I mean, started to come back. Draft owners of Hunter Clark with forty seven would be outraged. Same with the uh, likes of Seb, am, yes. Seb Ross twenty seven. Uh, Bradley Hill, 21. Butler, who'd been very good. Uh, people would have picked him up the last few weeks on 27. It, honestly, it was just awful. And Rowan Marshall on 53 as well. Just, that, that's the one that really surprised me because yeah. he was well beaten. Um, by Lob as well. Lob's uh, a good ruckman, but, don't, but don't Marshall be should be imposing himself with Darcy out. I would have thought so. so All right, we've spent enough time on that game, I think. <laughs> West Coast versus Adelaide. West Coast starting to get back into a little bit of form. And starting to find a bit of fantasy. I don't know. Did you watch much of this game? I did watch a fair amount of it as well. It was. Don't get me wrong. It was an ugly game again. There were a lot of ugly games this round. There there were some passages of uh, that were sort of reminiscent of West Coast when it can play well. Yeah, passages. Yes, exactly. That was it. Exactly. There's still. They they really need to get the home ground advantage going they again. They need to get They're back struggling. home and they uh, they might need to get back in some headspace because there's something wrong with the team at the moment. But yep. at least two wins on the road for uh, for us West Coast fans out there. Uh, Tim Kelly, best game uh, in West Coast colours. Fantastic from him. Mm. And Dom Sheed. We had one of our listeners at one stage tweeting out that he was backing in Dom Sheed to to be very good in, uh, in Shuey's absence. Good and call. Absolutely a good call with a 93. It's fantastic. Oscar Allen. Yeah, he's had two good games now, I think, from memory. Yeah, playing as that second ruck. So moving up through the midfield, being that link mm. man, he's sort of playing that Tom Lynch role from Adelaide. He is. Except spending time in as second yeah, ruck. Yeah, he is. I was going to say, he, I think he's playing the role that they wanted Brander to play. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah. So I, I didn't really see him on a wing as much as I saw Brander That is that kind wing. of link guy. Yeah, as that linking player. It's it's very, very interesting to see what's going to happen because Brander, I, I think, think he should, should be, be back this week. Should be back this week. If he's, uh, or as long as he recovers, it'll be interesting to see if he doesn't keep his spot in the side. Um, even if he is fit, that'll be a big worry because a lot of coaches out there would have held on to Brander in the hopes that with his negative break even, he'll come back. Yeah, I'm raising my hand too, mate. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, but get- from a, um, I guess from a draft perspective, Oscar Allen, 65% owned in ultimate footy, um, two back-to-back well, back to back 80s, and mm-hmm. he's got Frio this week. So uh, could be another decent score on the horizon there. Very, very interesting. Um, and he is... he. Did have the ability to rack it up at underage level as well. He had he had the ability to play through the midfield as well as as, as centre half forward. So keep an eye on him. Um, Oscar, uh, sorry, Oscar, and we just mentioned Elliot Yo, uh, very solid. Um, the one that really surprised me was Andrew Gaff with a fifty-two. He really needed to actually. Was he tagged? He was tagged. So mm, he was tagged by so. uh, Keys. Uh, kept an eye on him. That's right. Once again, very, very odd choice. Um, you would still think that Tim Kelly and Elliot Yo should be the players that get the tag um, if you know Luke Shuey's not there. You would um, have thought so, but yeah. And 
Gaff really sacrificed his game. So what that means, unfortunately for fantasy players, is that was an awful performance after another average performance last week, which means he's going to be getting very cheap, Andrew Gaff. So you would be able to pick him up maybe in two to three weeks' time after he has his next couple of good games and levels out in price for maybe even mid-700s. Yeah, so he's currently 816,000, break-even of 128. Yes, so he's got to have very big games to level that out. I'd say you'd be able to get him in a couple of weeks for mid-700s. I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, Not too much more worth mentioning there, really. Uh, There's some draft guys who are really underperforming, obviously, for, uh, for West Coast with like... Uh, Jack Darling, 47. People might have thought he might have continued his All-Australian form. Just not happening. Uh, one of my risk-it picks, Jamie Cripps. I was just about to point uh, him out. Yeah, I, I, went, I went with the fact that he might have transitioned playing against Adelaide, a bottom-of-the-ladder team, obviously, yeah. into getting a few goals this week. Didn't happen. He's really out of form. <clears> Same <throat> with players like Liam Ryan, uh, Josh Kennedy. Uh, you know, players like that, you would assume one of them at least would have turned up or... Gotten a very good score and a few goals, but just didn't happen. Yeah, the Eagles forward line is looking really dysfunctional. Yeah, it's odd. The midfielders are doing all of the work, and it's not looking good. Um, On the Adelaide side, uh, Riley O'Brien, after... uh, Credit to him. He he did what he said he was going to. He got around the ground. He he took marks. um, He intercepted as well. It was very odd. I had a conversation trying to say who won the rock battle out of Nick Nanui and Riley O'Brien. And if you're looking at the fantasy scores and the stats, Riley O'Brien wins it. But at the same time... Nick Nack obviously had more impact because that's what he does. Much but, bigger impact. Yeah. I, I don't think O'Brien would be embarrassed by his performance. No. I, th- I think it was enough to say that he drew close to being even. It was just the fact that a lot of Nick Nat's small things that he did resulted directly in goals. Um, yeah. And that probably has the, the winning favour there. But Riley O'Brien, from fantasy point of view, 115. Amazing. Brody Smith, just fuck you, Brody Smith. Jesus Christ. I mean, this is another one that we traded the, out. Add it to Brayshaw. So we'll get to another one a little bit is later. Is this now he's playing the role we thought he was going to play? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And 31 touches, 4 marks, 3 tackles, kicked a goal. He's <sighs> everywhere. They're looking to get it into his hands. Uh, just big fuck you to, oh, to, to Brody Smith in general. <coughs> so, back into the fantasy sides? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> look, honestly... If you want to get him now, you're basically trading him in as a premium. Um, I Honestly, I, I don't know. Is he worth bringing in as a true premium player? Um, He's only 617,000. So break even at 29. Uh, last four scores of 73, 73, 75, 107. Mm-hmm. St. Kilda and Adel- um, Essendon coming up. Oh, no, it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm just not 100% sure, to be honest. I mean, if you're looking at, say, Brander doesn't get a game this week, if you're looking at upgrading Stasevic, like downgrading uh, Brander to a rookie and upgrading Stasevic, uh, Brody Smith would be a very, very good option there um, because yeah. that seems like you'd be able to have the cash to do that. Yeah, so agreed. that could be a very, very good option. But the fact that I'm saying that after trading him out hurts so much. Yes, uh, likewise. Matty Crouch, Tom Doody. Tom, Tom Doody's been... Pretty good. Um, mm, he has. Uh, Brad Crouch as well, all solid. Rory Sloan, after his first half-decent game in a while, breaks his hand and is out for six weeks. Um, draft owners just... I'm sorry. That, it's it's that just hurts. that year, isn't it? That just hurts. Um, so how long was it? Six weeks? Six weeks. So that's pretty much half the remaining season, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, what, with, that was round six there. So it takes you through to round 12. And with round 17, if you've got three weeks of finals, you'll only have... So basically, 
You'll have two weeks before finals when he comes back. If if he was playing half decently, I would say you're flogging him off to someone who is who's pretty much sewing up a final spot. Yep. Uh, But the fact that his form has been so poor, um, you're not going to get a lot for him. Exactly. Um, You might still be trying to flog him off, but it's a loss-loss situation to be honest. Unfortunately, with Rory Sloan and Rory Laird as well has been okay, but not amazing. Uh, Will Hamill, honestly, uh, from just watching the game, he looked like he was going to have a very, very good score and ended up on 42, which is okay, but he honestly looked like he was in for something closer to 60 to 7. He looked like he was everywhere. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> he definitely did. Look, He looked good. I think his, his job security is looking good, um, so still going to keep generating a bit of cash. Yep. Uh, McPherson, sort of similar story, not quite as comfortable looking, but did enough to hold his spot. Um, I would think, and should be making a bit more money. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next game, which was Melbourne-Gold Coast. Uh, really close game for the most part, and Melbourne just managed to get away. Uh, Gorn just does what Gorn does. He just looks absolutely amazing again this year. Jack Viney, bounce-back score from him, very good with a 93. Petrarca, again, had an amazing first quarter and then <laughs> eked his way to a very good score <laughs> within the last three. Um and look, a lot of the guys that you would expect to perform well, I think, from a, from Melbourne's point of view, uh, Benel owners may have been a little bit underwhelmed with a 46, hoping that he might have been able to do something a little bit more, but he's playing now, at least. That's yes. the big thing. Yes. Um, there's not really anyone else who's really jumping out at me. No, Angus Brayshaw owners, <laughs> just that. Yeah, he's still... He's still bad. Yeah, still doing an amazing job of convincing us that that one year was the only good year he's going to have in his career. <laughs> um, Angus Brayshaw, like a player I'll just get to in a, in a, a few minutes, is, uh, is one of those players that I think would benefit from changing teams um, and going to another team. Um, if Angus Brayshaw, I, I wouldn't say Adelaide because they have a lot of that sort of <laughs> paced player, mm. um, but if Andrew Brayshaw went to maybe... A, Angus. An, Angus Brayshaw, sorry, went to maybe an Essendon where they could use a, a big-bodied player in the middle um, uh, as opposed to, you know, smaller, faster guys. Uh, maybe if he went to, like, a, a Geelong where your Dangerfields and Joel Selwood are, are going to be leaving soon. They, they've only got a few a couple of years left in them, I would suggest. Mm. Um, Gary Ablett as well. I think that move would be particularly good for his career and fantasy, but until that happens, he just looks like garbage at the moment. Pretty much. Um should we move on to Gold Coast? Yes. And talk about another guy that just is just breaking my heart slowly. Um, but we talked about Andy Brayshaw. Um, after Fife went down injured, actually playing midfield time, playing the role that we thought and dominating, exactly what bloody happened with Hugh Greenwood. The week that I traded him out just so happened to be the week that Matty Rowell goes down in the opening minutes of the first quarter. And Greenwood gets thrust back into the centre, and he actually starts racking up the ball like we thought he might. Yeah, Who 18, eighteen touches and twelve tackles. So he was he was always getting tackles, but over the first three to four rounds, he was getting tackles and he was not touching the ball because he was playing a defensive forward role, and that just again it just proved that we we knew that he wasn't being played in the position we thought he might be. He wasn't going to be a a, a top line fantasy for forward and yep. we moved him on <clears throat> however as soon as that role change happens like that he starts dominating in the middle like we knew he could from the start of the season it sucks it definitely does Six hundred and fifty-seven thousand. um break even at 33 he's never getting tagged <clears throat> um, uh 
with Lockie Weller um, sitting in there as well. He's Lockie Weller's yeah. too good a mover. Yeah, look, he's a potential trade target for oh, your forward line, but again, you the forward line at the moment just seems like such a moving feast of who's playing the right role mm. on any given week. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, honestly. And and then from from there, it's just a lot of draft guys from Gold Coast after uh, after. <clears throat> Matty Rowell exited um, for, on the rookie side of things um, very good sc- <laughs> the, the man you talked me out of for about a year and a half in salary cap leagues you, you no you, you got into my head Matthew <clears throat> you got into my head <laughs> you, to, to explain um, because I don't think we've actually aired this on the podcast you have been a big proponent of the fact that Isaac Rankin as a small forward <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, given the Given other potential options as rookies, you would take those other options in general over Isaac Rankin because he plays a role which isn't guaranteed to get good fantasy scores. Yeah, and I I stand by that. Historically, small forwards are not good fantasy scorers. And I'll double down with the fact that when I first started putting this narrative forward, (laughs) Gold Coast was shit. They were shit. And the ball wasn't going into their forward line. Obviously, if the ball's going in there, he's actually getting some opportunities to kick goals. He had six shots on the weekend, so that's obviously going to boost his score a little bit. Yeah. Look, I, I think, yes, bring him in. He's, his job security is through the roof. He's going to make he, money. As long as he's fit, he's, he's going to be in there. So, absolutely. Definitely a uh, downgrade target this week. It was just the fact that I bought in arts over, over him. and hey, I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly the same thing, mate. Oh my and, god! And, but the reason being is, I wanted to wait a week to see what he'd do. Yeah, he did good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bring him in. Uh, Connor Buderick is really starting to get close there. So his break even is thirty five. He had a forty seven <laughs> this week. He's really starting to get close to that fattened up stage where you have to look at moving him on. But unfortunately, because he's playing and actually making scores, some of our other non playing, you might have. You know, all of your rookies on the bench not playing at all, so you don't have anyone to bring on for Yeah, him. you got to... In that case, you do have to keep him. But, geez, I've wanted to move him on for a, about a fortnight now. Yeah. Just haven't been able to. Agreed. Um, and the one I just quickly want to touch on, because you know how big a fan I am of this guy, Braden Fiorini, brought back in, doesn't touch the ball, basically, for the first half, and then manages to eke out a 38. Um, yeah, he's another one exactly like Andy Brayshaw. Uh, sorry, Angus Brayshaw, who needs to leave that club um, because he's just not going to get the role that he would uh, succeed in. Like Fiorini, Angus Brayshaw, those sorts mm. of guys have proven they can be elite AFL players if they're played in the roles which suit them. But They prove they can be elite accumulators. Yes, yes. But we've had elite players who <laughs> are accumulators before. If Dane Swan wasn't given the role that he was given, Dane Swan did not have the ability to do a uh, lot of amazing things around I the ground. I agree with you. Do you think he'd still do that in today's game? Dane Swan? I imagine, yes, he would. Yeah, mm, okay. I, I, I think Dane Swan, uh, one of the all-time greats, obviously, and nothing but respect for the mm. original fantasy pick. But, yeah, he he was that good at what he did, at accumulating and getting around where, mm. where he needed to be. I think Fiorini could be something similar. Angus is a little bit different, Angus Brayshaw. But Fiorini could absolutely be a Dane Swan style player um, if he was played. I mean, even last year, he was. We were talking about him as almost a premium. He was averaging 105 to 110 at one stage mm-hmm. in the year, and their midfield was getting beaten every single week. It were 100. He's not the main guy, but he should be playing as that 
second or third sort of midfielder for a team. Yeah. Look, I, I agree. I think he's in the right role. He's going to be a great fantasy accumulator. I just I don't know how many roles there are like that in the league. Yeah, it's like tough. you've already said, two guys have to leave teams to get mm-hmm. those roles. There's only 18 teams in the league. Yeah, it's a good point. And there's a lot of players out there that are accumulators. It's just, uh, it's tough because, so Melbourne is a little bit different, but GWS and Gold Coast in particular, there are talented guys in their depth chart that aren't getting played in the roles they should be. So, mm. you know, Haightley would be getting games every single week in the uh, in the midfield for about 15 other teams in the competition. Um, you know, Tom Green as well wouldn't be getting played in the forward line as much. Caldwell would be getting played regularly for GWS. And there's guys like um, uh, Flanders who, if they were fit, would be getting games for, for other teams. So it's tough to say. Um, on to the next one? On to the next one. Who have we got? We've got Essendon versus North Melbourne. Essendon uh, ran away with this one in the end. Uh, Andy McGrath keeps on keeping on with a 98. Very good score from him. Yeah, he's going really well. Yeah, Devin Smith, again, he's another one I traded out just as he's got I mean, to be fair, he's been pretty rubbish the whole year. Well, he was rubbish, and now he's had two 80s on the trot. Um, after, after And actually, if Shield loses his, um, yeah. his contesting... His, tribunal charge mm-hmm. uh, then he'll probably stay in the midfield and, yeah. get, and have another couple of good scores yeah. but I, th- I think Shield will lose his contesting as well it seemed pretty obvious to me honestly all of the head high knocks seemed pretty similar and I don't know why they aren't all essentially getting the same um, well actually no I do um, uh, I know why um, Ebert's not getting the same and that's because again it's going back to the impact so the guy the guy he hit in the exact same fashion pretty much as all the others got up and just luckily didn't get injured so he gets less time I'm pretty sure the guy Shield hit the um, medical report said he was fine so he might that might help Shield did, didn't he hit Curtis Taylor yeah know. yeah. so he's uh, Curtis Taylor came back and said that they don't have he doesn't have facial fractures um, so that could work in his favour um, unlike Ben Long with uh, on Darcy who had to miss the rest of the game and wasn't looking too great yeah um, okay so uh, some of the other guys for hey, Essendon so Harakas is alive he's <laughs> He's still playing? He is. He's been playing for weeks. Yeah, You just wouldn't know it from watching the games. Yep. Uh, Jordan Ridley keeps on keeping on, doing very, very well this season. Um, breakout season for him, which um, is just stating the obvious. Shield is one of the guys we backed in as a uh, as a premium contender. Don't know it. And he goes and uh, busts out a 55 and almost busts someone's face as well. And, uh, and we'll probably miss two weeks, at least one week. Um... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to add to that. Should our, uh, new topic, should our listeners actually be paying attention to our advice? I'll be honest, I'm amazed every week we have listeners. <laughs> uh, we, we, thank you all for joining us. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're not just talking to ourselves exactly. here. Exactly. Um, all right, so we'll move on to North Melbourne. Uh, Todd Goldstein, 108. I mean, still again, keeps getting done. it done. Uh, look, we've talked about it before. I'm still... I would prefer Grundy and Gorn at the end of the season. Um, but if you own Goldstein already... Oh, yeah. Keep him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just, you He's just doing a him. really good yeah. job. If, if you own Gr- Goldstein, you just keep him. If you don't own, say, for example, between Gorn and Goldstein, I would be chasing Gorn before I chase Goldstein. Yeah. Uh, Jai Simkin, fantastic game from him. Uh, some of the draft guys like Pollock and Dumont as well, very, very good. Yeah. Um, was... Another draft guy, Captain Risky Pittard. He is infuriating to own. <laughs> I bet he I is. I tell you what, 
44, 43, and 33 weighed yeah. up against 70, 88, and 79. What a man. <laughs> there's, there's Just no, infuriating. There's, there's no, no middle ground. <laughs> the, the standard deviation there, I would love to see who has the highest standard deviation of all players in the league fantasy-wise. <laughs> that would be very interesting. Um, yeah. Look, quick word on Curtis Taylor as well. So, obviously, mm. no facial fractures, but... Um, solid chance that he might miss this week anyway with the uh, with concussion protocols. Um, yeah, so when's he playing? He's playing Saturday night. So very so six tough. days to recover. Probably touch and go. I reckon. Well, this was this was a um, Saturday night. So yes. Yeah, oh, seven se- days. Seven days. Um, um, yeah, probably still touch and go. I think if it was a Sunday, he probably would play. But they've got much stricter guidelines in play this year for um, concussions. So yeah. we'll I'll- see. I, I'm just not sure, honestly, what to what to do there because his break even now is pretty much leveled out with that ten. Um, so you should be looking to move him on now sooner rather than later, and that sucks because he looked like one of the more solid cash cows that we had to rely on. Yes. Um, Port versus GWS. Um, again, Port just ran away with it. GWS didn't look anywhere near it. There weren't many close games this round. It was a really poor round for pure footy. Yeah. Um. On the fantasy side of things... Uh, I hope you all brought Whitfield in this week. I did not. I didn't either. I talk, Again, I talked myself out of it with Cam Sutcliffe coming in. And that was, to be fair, the correct assumption given the first portion of this game. So Cam Sutcliffe didn't play directly on Whitfield at all times, but he played on him when he went basically past halfway into the forward line. So they would they didn't really care so much about Whitfield racking it up in defense. Um, and he barely touched the ball in the first half, barely. Um, but when he went forward, Cam Sutcliffe would look after him. Cam Sutcliffe went off before half time. He was injured and out of the game. <clears throat> and yep. in the second half, Lockie Whitfield had something like 85 to 90 points. He just went absolutely mental. I, I mean, yeah, get him in this week. I'm getting him in this week. That's my number one priority. I was going to, and then I realized that I wouldn't have a back line. <laughs> so I can't unless Starcevich somehow holds his spot yeah so if yeah I'm probably in the same position I'm relying on either Stars, one of Starcevich Trent Rivers or uh, Brander playing in order to have a full back line so if none of those three guys play I probably have to upgrade my back line it first sucks to be us um, alrighty who's next alright so we've got a I mean we've jumped into GWS so we may as well go through there um, Nick Haynes keeps getting it done. Mm. I wonder when the defensive tags will be coming, but uh, for the moment, clear sailing, and he looks amazing. He looks really good. Um, Stephen Canelio had a decent score there as well. Um, honestly, this game was pretty average fantasy-wise. It was, it was okay, but mm. um, realistically, apart from uh, Whitfield, Haynes, and then Kane Farrell, which was out of the box for Port, that was a <laughs> massive game. Um, interesting, because it, he was... Pretty close to best on ground, if not best on ground. I would think that would at least secure his spot for the next month. Um, draft owners keep a very sneaky eye. See what his ownership is. <clears throat> but it's pretty low. Yes, he, pretty low. he's a very interesting one to potentially bring in. Um, yeah, not not too much really to, to go into. It was a, a poor match to watch, this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we need to talk about Core again? Uh, look, we he's getting close to making me look stupid. But, but, he's, but he's also not quite like yeah. fifty-five is an okay score. But again, you're not. I mean, for a, for a rookie, yes, he's making money. Yeah, he is. Um, 
Uh, he was he was my other risk at pick this week, which did not work out so well. A fifty-five, unfortunately, doesn't quite cut it. So just off. Yeah. So just un- off. unfortunately, uh, I've lost out on uh, all the points I could win for risk it for the biscuit this week. But we uh, we digress. Um, Dan Houston looked like he was in for a bigger game than that at one stage, but sixty-eight still okay. He's he's sort of hanging in there at the moment in terms of top six defenders. Mm. Just hanging in. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, there's no, there's not too much else to really talk about. Brad Ebert is going to miss a week, um, and he was one that was looking like being a top six forward. Still, no looks... correction. He was one that we had on the short list, and we're ah, curious to see good. how he would play against good teams. That was it. Yeah. So the answer is not amazing. No. So yeah, strike him off. Good stuff. He, he does tend. He did tend to do that quite a lot through his career where he would dominate the... Even at his height of fantasy scoring, playing as that hard-running midfielder, he was infuriatingly inconsistent. So he's just sticking to form. I remember the bad old days. Um, We'll move on to the next game of the round, which was uh, Richmond versus Sydney. I mean, talking about bad games, this was just awful. (coughs) I mean, honestly, it was hard to call this a game of football at times. Um, resulted in some pretty solid fantasy scoring because it was just chip mark, chip mark around the back line. But really, it was just terrible to watch. Uh, Richmond side of Ledger was... Uh, so Kane Lambert, we backed him in last week. We said this guy is going to be one of the main recipients or one of the main beneficiaries of a lot of Richmond players being out. And he smashed it again with another 100. Mm, yep. Big score. <clears throat> uh, Jaden Short, very good. Camden McIntosh so coming on. Short, I think, is benefiting from Hawley not being there, obviously. Yes, so yes. I would expect both Lambert and Short to continue performing reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I chipped in and said Baker might be one to keep an eye on as yep. well. Uh, and he did incredibly well. Very good to score. Uh, Jack Graham, you're risking for the biscuit pick. Nice little obvious one for you to pick up on there, which yep. is good. And 76. I'm going to claim a couple of points. I and risk would claim it for that. a couple of points. So you got two points for that one, my friend. Don't you worry. But we'll get to your next risket pick, which was Noah Bolter, who had 28. <laughs> yeah, look, that one didn't quite play out the way I hoped. <laughs> Um, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Nick, less said the better. Just a, just a quick one on Nick Floston. Had a great start to the season and is sort of leveling out at the moment and not performing quite up to the same standard. So draft owners, temper your expectations there after a really good start to the season. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about Dusty? Uh, yes, just quickly. 38. Uh, yeah, bad. Just Bad. Yeah. So um, I didn't see this game. Was there a tag? Was he not interested? What What was look, going on? I, I I watched probably a quarter and a half and then turned it off because I couldn't watch anymore. Um, and just I don't know, did something, watched paint dry or something like that. But uh, yeah, Dusty, he was getting a little bit of a tag. He was getting the runaround from um, I think it was uh, oh, Hewitt old mate, or someone. Old mate Hewitt was looking after him when he went into the midfield, but. Yeah, it, it looked like a bit of the old school Dusty not really caring too much, you know? Um, mm. And that worries me a little bit. But at the same time, we went through his stats last week and what he has put up this year, and he is still a very good performer on his day. I think this game in particular was just a poor example of football. So I, I think I'm, I'm putting this one down to, yep, one off week, and then he should bounce back next week, I would suggest. <clears throat> if he doesn't bounce back next week, I'm... Probably writing him off as a top six forward. Yeah, happy happy with that. Marlon Pickett was poor in the first half, but came back a little bit towards the end. 45 isn't the end of the world. Hopefully he can improve on that. 
Um, I think he'll retain his spot quite comfortably. I yeah, they made that many changes last week. I don't think they they're going to go out and make a huge. Well, Jake Arts only a thirty. He was yeah yeah pretty unsighted to be honest, and that's a little bit of a worry because after his debut game, I thought right, he's a nice solid rookie. We'll have Break to even of there. one, so hopefully he holds his spot. Mm. Um, who has he got next? North. Yeah. Um, Callum Mills, Sydney. Um, bloody dominated. He, I mean, again, it was just being chipped around in the back line, basically. That's where he racked up all the points. He got a ridiculous amount of marks, um, was everywhere. Look, I, I I, wouldn't be rushing Callum Mills in. if I've heard some people say, is he a defensive option for, for top six after this sort of performance? Uh, no. No, not for me. Um, yeah, just looking at his heat map... Every touch bar one is in the back half. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Jake Lloyd does what Jake Lloyd does, especially when it's being chipped around. Um, the uh, yep. the greatest seagull going around was that with an 86. Dylan Stevens. Good debut. Really good debut. And it obviously helps with the injuries. So, yeah, Josh Kennedy is out for six weeks now. Yep. Uh, JPK. And Heaney we've got for Heaney season. for the season. So, Dylan Stevens uh, looks like he should be getting an extended run through that Sydney midfield. I would... Uh, look, I mean, he, was a, he was pretty expensive to he start was, off He was with. very expensive because he was a top five draftee. Top five or top six? I think um, he went pick five from memory. So... The, the pain of this uh, this score is that he'll already be uh, close to 300000 So maybe if you could just look up his price and his break-even there for me, Matt. If, if he's too expensive, it's almost not worth it because you really have to be making some cash for those other upgrades at this stage. Yeah, he's 288000 yeah. So if... Yeah, you, you're going to need money to move a Tyler Brown or a McInerney or... Yeah one of those sort of guys to him. Um, but his break-even is five, and you'd think his job security is pretty good after that performance. So, quick question. If you had the choice between Dylan Stevens uh, yep. or bringing in Sam Simpson, um, I think the difference there is about... Uh, it's, it's about 50000 Yeah. So, 50000 cheaper. Which would you be going? Sam Simpson plus fifty k or Dylan Stevens? It's a really tough decision. Honestly, I'm not sure. I I think I would go Stevens if I could because I'm just sick of having to band-aid guys <laughs> not playing. And as good as Simpson was in his game, um, his job security, I think, is more tenuous. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I'm, yeah, I... I probably very tempted by Stevens if I can afford it. Uh, That's the issue. The, the annoying thing with uh, with Sam Simpson as well is because he went up 64,000, he's not that super cheap rookie anymore. He's, you know, he was 170K last week. It, <laughs> it sucks if you don't own him. If you picked him up last week though, power to you. Amazing pick. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of our other guys that we've been pumping up all season, Lukey Parker, 44. Yeah, Don't I know it. Uh, I, I don't really know how that happened with JPK going down. I honestly thought he would have yeah, only, dominated. And only it, was, it was a wet touches. game as well. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he would dominate it. But I guess, yeah, again, the ball was just in the back line, basically. Um, yeah. yeah not, and because there weren't many goals, there weren't many center bounces either. True. So, yeah, just all, all up uh, average. Average game. Average. Yeah, let's move on. Um, 
Last game of the round, Carlton Bullies. Finally, we say, I know it was a blowout, 103-51, to 51, but this was a very entertaining game of football to watch. I don't know if you watched any of this one. No, I, I was busy all Sunday. I didn't catch it. Very, very entertaining game. It was high pressure. Their tackling was amazing. The skills were there. Um, there was a, there was some good fantasy scores as well and a lot of fantasy players to keep an eye on. It was all up. It was just a very good game to watch. Um, uh, so for the uh, the Carlton side of the ledger, uh, Kurnow was has been very solid. He's such a good draft player. He's that guy that you pick up as almost your last midfield. No spot. one ever looks at him. He's perennially, 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 perennially. Um, good word of the day. Calendar insert to the podcast. Yes. There, Matt. No one ever ever pays any attention to him. But yeah, he always goes reasonably. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Betts with those goals uh, managed to get a very good score there. Jack Martin has been. Was, that was very solid. And Sam Walsh has been improving after a slower start to the season. Um, look, the one I really want to focus or the two I should focus on, Sam Doherty with a 63. Uh, he really struggled for that. They really paid close attention to him, the Bulldogs. But it was good to see Carlton perform well without relying on Sam Doherty or the next guy, which is Paddy Cripps. You've um, got to scroll a fair way to get to Chris, yeah, don't geez. you? Well, don't, don't I bloody know it. I've still got him in my salary cap midfield. 49. He, now, look. And, he, and you, sorry, I'll just stop you there. Yeah. As frustrated as you are by that, he still outscored my Parker. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Paddy Cripps did get injured. He had a shoulder thing and he was sore all night. I would expect Patrick Cripps to play on next week. But again, be very worried by the fact that he might be playing sore again. He'll probably have a, an injection in there before the game starts. And that leaves me very worried about his scoring capabilities for, for not just next week, but the rest of the season <coughs> if he's carrying a very sore shoulder every single week. Yeah. Um, Pitney is still doing enough, but he's really leveled out his break even. Yeah, he really has. So uh, I know we constantly say you you need to look at bringing him out, you need to look at trading him out, but... Mark Pitney in particular, he's got a break-even of 47 now. He just scored a 50. Hopefully, he levels off there because at least that means we can get rid of some of the other guys that are going to start losing cash, and he can just sort of stick around this price, and we can look at getting in Gorn or Grundy as soon as possible. Yeah, he's 491000 It's going to cost so, so much to get yeah, the next guy. He probably hasn't made as much money as we'd hoped, to be honest. No, he hasn't. I no. mean, he's made 186 which is great. But, um, yeah, after that start to the year, we're probably hoping. And this was against um, English, who historically has leaked points. Well, that's really changed over the past few weeks. Tim English, mm. and we'll, we'll actually, we'll move on to... Um, uh, the Western Bulldogs side of Ledger. Tim English had an 81 this week. That's after um, two weeks prior also hey, look, having an 81. Timmy time is definitely happening. Timmy uh, Timmy time is happening. I've got to back you in on that one now, Matt. He's really... he's So what's that, three 80s in a row now? Yeah, I don't have a... I, <laughs> I thought you had his stats <laughs> no. up. You were looking at something very intently on your side nah, of the desk. No. <laughs> You're just looking at nothing. I'm just looking at the scores. <laughs> this game scores. I'm not looking at his stats. Um... So, yeah, Tim English has been very, very good. Draft owners will be over the moon. If you did happen to have him in um, uh, salary cap as well, very good. You got him very cheap at the start of the year, hopefully. Um, But, yeah, Ruckman aren't dominating as much against him. So, there's... Obviously, he had 27 hitouts. Yeah. That's almost like a record for him. And he's already played Grundy this year, which means Mm. he's not playing him again. 
He hasn't played Gorn, who that would be probably the one other um, Ruckman that I expect to dominate against him. But he's played Todd Goldstein. So for the rest of the year, it looks like it's pretty smooth sailing for Tim English, to be completely honest. Um, Yeah, I I would expect this scoring to continue well into the future. Um, Bonds and Pelly bounced back from a poor score last week with an 88. Bailey Smith as well, 94 coming back from that concussion. Jeez, that was... That's his best score since round two, I think. Very necessary. Very necessary. So... I know I was I was really worried this week he would be a late out. <laughs> yeah, so was I. It was good to see him play. Jack McRae as well, starting to get back to it a little mm. bit more. He looked like he was played inside a bit more during mm. this game, as a, with with Hunter back in particular. Yeah, I I mean I always forget these lessons learned for the start of the next season. But he does this every year, doesn't he? Starts off slowly and then comes home strongly at the end of the year. Yeah, I think. You're, you're probably right. I do remember it happening a fair bit, but yeah, it's it's tough um, because he is just such an amazing player that when he goes on those runs where he's averaging, you know, before Corona, he was averaging like 130 or something like that. You just need to have him in your side. Yeah. Um, and then look, Vandermeer, oh, 72. Sakes, I, that's, a, that's one that I just missed out on. I can't believe this. He is doing so well. And I wish that I had brought him into my side when he was rock bottom price. And now... 367,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. What's his break even? Uh, it is negative <clears throat> seven. So he's still negative 367. It costs you 22,000 to go Hayden Young up to him. Is oh, but no, this get, is exactly what I did with Young last yeah, week, <laughs> and you haven't made anything from it. But he is negative seven, and he is performing so well. I just honestly no, um, bring in Rankin, pocket the cash, yeah. do an upgrade somewhere else. Yeah, I guess. Um, but geez, he's if you don't own Vandermeer, yeah, it probably sucks. I you probably can't afford Look, to bring him in this week. But having, if you did, congratulations. This is the exact scenario I had last week with Young, so I, I won't. I've got no issue if someone wants to bring him in and use him as a bit of a stepping stone. But if it goes sideways, like you did with me for Young, <laughs> geez, you feel stupid. Cautionary tale. You feel stupid. <laughs> um, it's just amazing that with all the the depth that the Bulldogs have, that he's not only managed to hold his spot, but dominate in it. He's needed to dominate in his position to actually hold that spot. And he's keeping a fair few players out of that team. Very, very I really like He looks like a really good player. He does. He looks really, really good. All right. Anyone else you want to touch on? No, not particularly. Daniel was down. Lipinski was down. Lipinski's just out of the conversation for me this year, For even for drafts. It's very unfortunate. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think we'll uh, wrap up the games there. And yeah, what a week of footy. Jesus, that was that was rough. Um, and because of that, we have a lot of questions on Twitter once again. So we should probably dive into some of those. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. Always happy to help out, so shoot us through a question anytime. And we'll uh, we'll dive straight in with the first question this week. Uh, it comes from Anthony uh, at, tu- at Tuan McNugget. Interesting one. <laughs> um, who says, uh, good week to double downgrade. Uh, with the amount of rookies that came in last week, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, you've given them a week to sort of show what they can do. So you can look at maybe if if you do want to double downgrade 
and you want to back in Sam Simpson, you could go Sam Simpson and Isaac Rankin in this week. I think those are the obvious ones yeah. to go with. And I really think there will be a lot of people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there'd be a lot of people who probably spent a lot of their cash last week bringing Whitfield in. Yes. Um, so I don't mind double downgrading this week, yeah. pocketing a bit of cash and then looking to upgrade again next week. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. I like that move. Um, second question comes from Craig at Subdub, who says... Stuck on my second trade this week. Should I trade Starsevich to Brody Smith or Ridley? Uh, Ward to Whitfield? Pitney to English? Or Curtis Taylor to Rankin slash Lambert? All right. Okay. Um, so, first one. Uh, Starsevich to Brody Smith slash Ridley. Of those two, I would probably go given the role, Brody Smith. I agree. Um... The yeah, thing is, with, the thing is with Adelaide, they're just such a poor team at the moment that even if I, I just don't think other teams will bother to tag, even if Brody Smith is dominating out oh, the middle. Yeah. It, that's not what concerns me. It's just them getting their hands on the ball enough True. for him to actually, well, because he's not a win it himself no, guy. But they barely got their hands on the ball against West Coast, and he dominated again. True. True. Um, so, uh, so Brody Smith, if you were trading uh, Starsevich to <laughs> yeah. one of those two, yeah. Ward to Whitfield is a great option. That's probably my number one. Honestly. That would be my preference, I think. Pitney yeah. to English. Look, unfortunately, I think with Pitney, he's he's probably lowest on the priority list because he's still playing. He's probably leveled out. I don't can't see him scoring below his break evens. And there's a small chance he might crack out a seventy five or something and reset and go up a little bit more in price. So he's a little bit lower on the priority list for me to trade out. And Curtis Taylor to Rankin Lambert. Uh, that all depends on whether Curtis Taylor mm. is playing this week. So. Yeah, I think both Stasevich and Taylor, you can kind of wait to see a little bit whether they get named or whether yeah. what, what the, the news is later in the week in terms of uh, their spot. Um, I would probably be wanting to move Stasevich on more, well, but if he's playing, you might be stuck with yeah. him. Well, the other one is uh, that you mentioned Whitfield to Ward. That's the one I'm really leaning towards. And that's because Ward was that guy that people would have brought in as a stepping stone. He had 52 this week. He's only averaging 62.3 for the year. Um, that does, of course, include an injury interrupter game. But he's, uh, his scores this year have been 55, 79, 61, 54. And his break-even is now 61. So he's reached his break-even. Yeah, you've got to move him on. Yeah, so him to Whitfield is probably the number one there, Craig. Yep, agreed. Um, all right, a couple of uh, or a question here from Dim Slickies who says a mate wants to trade me Mitch Robinson for Dusty Martin. What do you think of me asking for Kurnow or Murphy instead in a redraft? N- no, no, no. What? No. He's trying to just get him off you while he's in poor form. Yeah, and, and backing him in to turn things around. Also, Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson scored like 28 this week, and he's a pure midfielder 27. Only. I think he went out injured as well. I'm yeah. pretty sure he's done his, um, was his quad or his hamstring or something, I think. Yeah, so first of all, absolutely no to Mitch Robinson. No question whatsoever. Mm. Um, Kurnow, I would prefer Kurnow out of Kurnow or Murphy, so, but I wouldn't be trading Dusty. I looked at Kurnow's scores before, and he's gone big, small, big, small, big, small oh, yeah. all season. So I wouldn't be wanting any of those guys for Dusty. I would probably be holding Dusty, hoping that he turns things around, um, 
in the next week or two, and if he doesn't, then he's still enough of a name you're going to get something for him regardless. But even if he's mediocre for the rest of the season, he's probably still going to be a top 10 forward. Yeah. He's probably still going to be their top echelon, if not the you know number one guy. Um, and, and you're yeah. going to want that in your side. Yeah. Like, there's just... It's, it's a tough year this year. So, no, I wouldn't be getting rid of Dusty for, for that, mate. He's going to have to offer you a whole hell of a lot more than uh, Kurnow Murphy or Robinson. Absolutely. Um, okay, next question comes from uh, T-Mac who says, unless you've got money to upgrade someone decent uh, or you have a primo injury, is there any reason not to double downgrade to Rankin and Simpson this week? Well, answer that question. Love it. Yeah, uh, uh, me too. I think the only reason you wouldn't um, unless you've got the war chest to go up is yep. um, some other carnage when teams are released. And probably the Whitfield move. If you don't have Whitfield at the moment, his break-even is going to be going through the roof soon. Oh, it's, it's just going to be... Uh, he's not going to be affordable, realistically. Um, so his break-even now is 45. So he's completely reset that. And uh, after 102 this week, I would be trying to get him in as quick as possible if you don't have him. If you do... Love the double downgrade. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, question from uh, from good mate of the podcast, Brody, who says, uh, in the coming weeks, should we prioritize top guys who don't represent value, uh, guys like Gorn, Neil, or Lloyd, or potential keepers who are risky like Brayshaw, Parfit, or Greenwood, etc.? So... Um, he's asking, uh, do you try and level out the playing field and get some of those guys with high ownership levels that are you know, almost guaranteed big scores? Or do you take the risk on some of those other guys who might not be as heavily owned but or are scoring very well? I think it depends what you're going for this year. If you're looking at leagues, then I would be removing those points of difference with the primos with everyone else in your league agreed 100% if you're going overall I'm more inclined towards the the potential breakout guys having said that there's going to be a limit to how far you move up the rankings without those top guys yes. anyway it's, it's going to be tough say for example with Neil in particular so given the form he's in he had probably one of his poorer games for the year this week and he had a 98 there's it's, um, it's it's the first time he hasn't cracked the ton this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And the only... I, I just can't see... If, if you're ranked, you know, in the top, say, the back end of the top 1,000, and you're trying to crack your way into the top 100, I can't see you moving, jumping ahead of people into that top 100 if you don't own Lockie Neal. It's just... It's tough, because those, guys, those other teams ahead of you will also have a very good structure around Lockie Neal. They'll have yeah. some interesting PODs which are yeah. performing for them. You're pretty much relying on an injury to Neal in the first quarter. That's, ex- that's exactly what you're doing. You're hoping against hope that everybody else is wrong. Um, so, it, it, look, it's tough. I, I think with Neal, he'd be the one I'd be prioritising. If you don't own Gorn and you won't say someone like Goldstein or Tim English, I like that. Yeah. I could see holding on to those guys and then upgrading around them with guys like Brayshaw or, Par- or Parfit yep. or Greenwood. Yep. Lloyd is probably another one who you probably need to look at getting in sooner rather than later because he is. Yeah. He's he's just defensively he's the one or two guy. Yeah, yeah. With, with Hooli out for the time being, yeah. he's the number two guy. Yeah. Um, um, and those other guys, Brayshaw, Greenwood, Parfit. I think I said earlier on the podcast, there's a little bit of a, of a revolving door in terms of who the, um, the 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 hot forward of the week is that you need to be owning. Yep. So 
of those three, I'd probably like uh, Greenwood the most. Yeah, I, I like Greenwood. Greenwood, Brayshaw. Parfit, I'm not sold on because I think he's going to spend a lot of time in the forward line, which may impact his ability to actually rack it up. I still like Parfit, but I agree with that ranking at the moment of Greenwood, Brayshaw, and then Parfit, given the roles that they're playing. Um, okay, next question comes from our Dudders, who says, uh, let's see if I can do the trades I want again this week. Who um, uh, He's got McInerney to Simpson and Ebert to Whitfield. Um, Love him. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine. You need to trade Ebert out for someone this week because he's missing. Um, and he's not performing really well enough against those big teams to uh, to say that he'll be a top six forward. And McInerney to Simpson does make you about $60,000. And at least it moves someone into your team who might be playing. If McInerney... Having said that, McInerney may regain his spot yes. with um, JPK and Heaney out. Yeah, if McInerney plays this week, I wouldn't do that trade and I'd look at someone else in your midfield to trade yeah. Simpson out to or like a DPP switch. I think from memory, McInerney's break-even is still pretty decent. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's not great, but it's not terrible. His break-even is negative four, so actually that's pretty good still. So if he's playing this week, do not trade him out, no question. And like you say, with those injuries, there's a chance he might come back in. Um, okay, next question comes in. Uh, we've got another one, actually, from uh, from Dudders, who says, could easily get rid of Pickett instead for those picks, um, or Green, uh, but I reckon they have a bigger ceiling. Wait until, th- or should I wait until Thursday to see? Um, so Pickett, I'm not convinced, actually has a massive ceiling. No, he doesn't. But um, I think he's got decent job security at the moment <clears throat> with all the injuries that they've had. I think they'll want to settle things for a week or two yep. before they make any more drastic moves. Green's an interesting one, though. So Green was is, solid. We're thinking Tom Green? Here? Tom Green, yeah. Green was mm. solid this week, but he's on that sort of periphery of GWS's <laughs> team, and they had a bad loss this week. There's a chance that mm. he might go out for someone like a Caldwell. Potentially, um, yeah. Potentially. So, because him and Haitley and those sorts of guys are on the fringes. I think that um, I think Daniel Lloyd actually injured himself, so there's a chance maybe that's just the the one change yeah. that happens. But did you see that bit? So this is the one part of the game that I saw was I think on the halfback flank where he got the ball and sort of weaved and ducked his way between yeah. three guys <laughs> yeah. to kick it. Jeez, he looks good. He really does look good, doesn't um, he? And off that alone, I'm saying hold him. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's all about waiting to see what the teams are named as um, at the uh, the end of the day. Because right up until uh, Thursday, you know, an hour and a half before bounce down, <clears throat> yep. we don't know what our moves are going to be. You've yes. got to wait and see what the teams look yep. like. Having said that, of those um, three potential rookies that Dud has mentioned, uh, was it McInerney, Pickett, and Green? Green. I would probably be prioritizing holding them, assuming that all are playing. Yep. I'd be... Probably green would be the one I would be most looking at moving. Yeah, I'd probably be in a similar boat as well. So it's because Pickett, with those outs for Richmond, looks like he should have his spot tied up. Um, And green... I just worry a little bit about the job security Mm. there. But again we've got to wait for teams on Thursday and uh, the other thing just to keep in mind as well is the fact that um, uh, moving forward um, there, there will be guys or moving into this week there'll be guys like Curtis Taylor who we've got to keep mm. an eye on from an injury point of view um, you know people who own if they still own Townsend from Essendon need to move him on yeah I've got my hand up too there I need to move him on because yep. he's uh, basically met his break even so he needs to go having said all that with the news that we're going to potentially have some condensed rounds 
in the next month and a half or so. Um, there is the argument to, if someone is playing, to hang on to him because having benches are going to be really, really important. Very interesting, yeah. So Curtis Taylor, maybe, you know, if he's only missing one week with concussion, if he is out. Yeah. But still, he's sort of met his break even now with that 10. He has, but we've seen that when he's playing well, he can score well. Yeah, he can score in the And if teams are playing two games in a week because of the condensed games or they've got the condensed rounds, they've got short turnarounds, there's going to be turnover of guys in teams and I can definitely see people getting caught out without guys on the bench to cover yeah no I agree 100% so it's going to be uh, uncharted territory a little bit (laughs) alright and uh, that brings us to the end of the questions and the end of this week's podcast thank you all so much for joining us again don't forget to hit us up at extendedbenchau on twitter and as always we will be posting our risk it for the biscuit picks tomorrow afternoon before most of you head into your uh, waiver wire pickups for draft leagues out there to give you an idea of some guys to look at who uh, might be you know very very low ownership uh, and could come in next week and blitz it for you um, but until next week hopefully your uh, your pickups do a lot better than ours have been lately yeah <laughs> and hopefully some of our advice this week has helped you out so we'll catch you next Monday have a good weekend at 45 catch you